Welcome to this week's episode of the Jewish Diaspora Report. On this week's episode, we talk about how the international world is buying useful idiots. Let's get started. You have the perspective, I think, that people from your country, from lots of countries have here, that this country's better off than a lot of the people who are native to it will not allow. For some reason, they have to shit on it. I, I mean, when I talk to immigrants, that is one thing they do not like about the left, that they're always down right. on this country. We're irredeemable and we're racist and everything is looked through yeah. shit-stained glasses. To me, someone who comes from the Soviet Union is mind-boggling, and you were talking earlier about why this woke ideology is so dangerous to the West. It is because people in other parts of the world are not teaching their young children to hate their own country. How is the West going to do in the battle of civilizations, because that's what we're in, right? I, the Chinese want to thrive, the Russians want to thrive, and they're teaching their children to be strong, to be confident, to go out there, to learn science instead of, you know, equity and diversity. The clip you just heard came from Real Time with Bill Maher, with guest speaker Konstantin Kissin, Russian-British comedian and author. I really found this topic very interesting after seeing this clip, along with some other interesting information that's been coming out recently. I wanted to make the topic of this week's episode about the fact that people in the West seem to hate their own country, and it actually ties in with a lot of what's going on in the Middle East right now. Many people have actually been quite shocked to see the protests supporting terrorism, supporting rape, supporting all these disgusting things that we assumed that people, especially on the left in the West, would be completely against, yet for some reason they're standing up for it. Sadly, many of us are used to the idea of people standing up for Hamas no matter what they do. It's sort of the Palestinian Arab blind spot where they can do no wrong. However, it's been really incredible how many people have actually stood up for other groups that make no sense. For example, the Houthi rebels of Yemen. The United States and its allies have recently been hitting the terrorist groups of the Houthi rebels who have been attacking international ships in the Red Sea for no other reason other than the Iranians told them to do it. And yet we see protests in the streets supporting the Yemen rebels, attacking international ships. Nothing really makes sense here. Why are they supporting it? And I think that the clip that we heard from Konstantin Kissin is exactly the reason why we're seeing these people standing up for terrorist groups. It's because they hate their own country. Like Kissin says, it seems like the left especially has been somehow taught to hate everything about their country. You know, we can call it DEI, we can call it woke, call it whatever you'd like. The idea of this shift from the Western world's being proud of who they are and their history to constantly be making excuses and, and blaming themselves for everything in the past. Don't get me wrong, I'm definitely not going to run cover for the United States and the West in general for all of the bad things they've done throughout history. There's no question there was a lot of bad things done. But what's interesting is that we are seeing the slow deterioration of that pride in one's own country. And as Kissin points out, this is only happening in the West, not anywhere else. Russians, Chinese, all over the world, they are very proud to be themselves. And they're proud even of the unfortunate things that they're doing. I don't support the fact that there are certain countries who kill minorities and who treat their LGBTQ people so badly and all of that stuff. I don't support that. But for some reason, when you talk to someone from these cultures, they don't seem to think there's anything wrong with it, which is incredible. 
Meanwhile, the people in the United States cannot bash their country fast enough for all of the things that their people have done in the past and unfortunately are possibly still doing today. Nobody's perfect by any standards. But what I wanted to focus on is the fact that the hate for one's own country is almost exactly in relation to the love of your country's enemies. When you hate your own country so much and everything you think your country is doing is wrong and terrible and you are a stain on this planet, no wonder you're then standing up for the people who are against your own country. So that's how we see people standing up for the Houthi rebels, people who are legitimately terrorists. They don't even hide the fact that they are attacking innocent civilian ships just for Iran's pleasure. And yet we're standing up for those people and we're saying, how dare the United States and its allies try and stop those attacks? It's because they hate their own country. Anything that United States, England, Canada, any of these Western nations do to some is automatically wrong. And I stand with their enemies, no matter what the enemies do. The United States is the worst country in history and in this planet. So I don't care if you rape, kill, murder, anything like that. You will never be worse than the United States. And so therefore, I support everybody else other than the United States. And that's how we ended up here today. It is incredible how quickly things have changed and how quickly the mentality of the left and of the United States and Canada and all these Western nations has slowly slid into this hate for one's own country. I can't help but ask, where does this come from? I'm sure many of my listeners already know because we've talked about this endlessly in other podcasts, but often where this comes from is the education system, especially that of liberal colleges. I'm not suggesting that liberal colleges are the worst thing to ever happen to Western society. They have provided many very good things throughout history, a lot of really good education. However, we have seen a shift, and we're going to talk about what that shift is and maybe why it's happening. As Mr. Kissin suggests, one of the issues that we're finding, especially in the Jewish community recently, is that DEI, or diversity, equity, and inclusion, has very often been negative towards many people, but especially the Jews. We have noticed recently that when we are in trouble and we want equity, when we want inclusion in spaces around campuses, for some reason we don't count as a minority. We apparently don't even count as a persecuted minority, despite the fact that study after study has shown that anti-Semitism is the largest form of hate, racism, discrimination, and yet we ignore it in these DEI lectures. The Jews are apparently white, according to these people. And the Jewish people deserve absolutely zero sympathy or any kind of support, despite the fact that the numbers prove that anti-Semitism is not only on the rise, but it is on the rise at an exponential level. But we ignore it. It didn't happen. So among college campuses in the West, but especially within the United States, we see this changing of narratives. The Jewish people are slowly removed from DEI work and from inclusion in spaces and safety and anti-Semitism is ignored, as well as the shifting of the idea that the United States and Western nations are good in any way. They are a shame on the world. They are disgusting and we need to go against everything that it stands for. Some of my listeners might be wondering, how did this happen? Where did it come from? Why is this something of a new phenomenon that's happening where we had a slow deterioration of the beliefs about one's own country as well as the slow deterioration of a minority status for Jews? And I can tell you where it's coming from. 
It's coming from the education system, but who's paying for that education system? And it is absolutely not the students. According to the U.S. Department of Education, which tracks the incoming funds from international countries towards higher institutions, we have a huge influx of money coming in from all across the world into these institutions. So let's go through a few of them. First of all, the amazing country currently holding the Hamas leadership and supporting Hamas, Qatar. Since 2012, Qatar decided to give American universities over $3 billion in funds. $3 billion, followed by China, who gave $1.7 billion to American universities. Next on the list is Saudi Arabia, who gave $1.5 billion to American universities, followed by UAE, almost $700 million, Kuwait, Russia, Turkey, Iraq, Lebanon, Pakistan, Venezuela, and even Syria gave $1.3 million to American universities. But the most amazing one, and this might surprise you, it actually surprised me a little bit, the Palestinian Authority, the group that can't afford to house its own people, feed its own people, it can't afford to run its own country, apparently had an extra $1.05 million to donate generously to American universities. So my next question that you might also be asking is, what are they getting for this money? And it's a perfectly valid and great question to ask. What are these countries getting for their money? I don't think they're investing in these universities for the love of education, because they can do that in their own countries. Why do they support an American university? And the reason is very clear. American universities depend on this money in order to fulfill all of their obligations, pay their big salaries to their deans who ignore anti-Semitism. All of these amazing things have to be paid for. And you know what money does? Money allows you to set policy. For any of my listeners who might be an alumni of an American institution understands how much power those alumni groups have. Alumni have actually ruined Harvard after the whole anti-Semitic scandal. A lot of Harvard grads and alumni refuse to give money and that kind of forced the dean to have to quit because the alumni decided we will no longer give funds to a group that ignores anti-Semitism and therefore things got changed. So you don't think that when Syria or Qatar or Russia gives money to an American university in the hundreds of millions that that can't maybe sway policy a little bit? You don't think that places like China, Saudi Arabia and Russia aren't making sure that their anti-Western ideas are somehow slowly sneaking into courses that are now being offered, proving to these university students who are moldable that the United States and the West is a terrible place? You think this is an accident? This is clearly a deliberate plan. All of these countries have realized one very important thing. The American education system is open for business. Send money, you can dictate policy, you can make things change. You can make sure that the students who are coming in, the future leaders of this country, get the education that you are choosing that they get. I'm sure if you look at the college class offerings, and you'll probably see a lot more of these critical anti-Western history lessons being taught about why the United States and the West is so terrible. Again, don't get me wrong. There were a lot of bad things happening in the past. I'm not disqualifying those things. But what I am saying is that it seems like these people who are dictating policy 
through using their money are making sure that history is being slanted in a way to teach people that the United States, the West is terrible and Russia, Marxism, communism, all of these amazing ideas are somehow better. We're seeing people protesting for anti-United States values because that's what they've been taught. According to a report by the Institute for the Study of Global Antisemitism and Policy, the findings included that an estimated 100 U.S. colleges received $13 billion in undocumented contributions from foreign governments, many of which were Middle Eastern and authoritarian. Schools that received this money were found to be home to prevalent campaigns to silence professors and experienced higher levels of anti-Semitism and anti-Zionist incidents on campus. From 2015 to 2020, schools that accepted money from the Middle Eastern donors had, on average, 300% more anti-Semitic incidents than schools that did not accept these donations. Interestingly, the study showed that students at these universities that received foreign funding witnessed anti-Semitism, quote, significantly more often than those attending schools that did not receive the funding. Report after report has come out to show the anti-Western bias that is happening within the United States universities, and it is clearly not a coincidence that we've seen a rise in the funding from anti-Western countries. So what are we supposed to do about this issue? Personally, I'm not sure if this is something that we as an individual or as a small collective can actually do something about. I think this might be a government problem, that the government needs to step in and stop allowing these foreign countries to dictate educational policies. Why is there a Department of Education after all? Is it just to collect these stats of how much money is going into these institutions? Maybe we should have laws and rules that prohibit these people from giving money, or at least at minimum documenting how this money is affecting policy changes. We forget some of these people in these universities, sadly, are going to end up in the House of Representatives, in the Senate, around the world, in different parliament buildings. These are the people who are going to be making the decisions on our lives. And that's actually why we're seeing this shift in American policy. It has taken many, many years, but it seems to work, that these countries have been funneling money into the system where we teach people in university to hate their own country and to delegitimize places like Israel and love places like Russia and China. And then these people will, of course, eventually end up in the places of high power, whether it's a CEO, in Congress, in the Senate. And sure enough, their policies are going to be dictated by what they learned. And so why are we surprised that what used to be a slam dunk idea of supporting the state of Israel, a democracy and an ally, which is now actually up for debate? We see, unfortunately, many people on both sides of the aisle standing against Israel some people on the left will say no, some people on the right will say no, and it seems like just sort of those middle ground, older politicians will stand with Israel. As we see the younger people coming in and saying, we're done with that. No more free pass for Israel. Now we have these ideas that Israel is terrible, even though they're our ally. We actually even hate our own country, and we call out our country for standing up for freedom and rights all over the world when they're being attacked by terrorists. This shift in university policies finally hitting the government policies is now actually where we're at today, where we're seeing people not wanting to stand up against terror and actually standing up for the terrorists because we've warped the minds of our young people so badly through international dark money that now they're setting policies that are going against the best interests of their own country. 
and their own allies. I just can't believe that we're actually sitting here today having to debate whether it's a good idea for Qatar to be setting policies in American universities. Qatar, the same country who's currently hiding Hamas terrorists and funding the actual terrorism against our ally. In the end, we're seeing a slow destruction of the American education system where we are allowing foreign people to come in and dictate our policies and our education towards our own students and young people. And then we're surprised when, unfortunately, those young people grow up with completely weird, out-of-this-world, anti-West, anti-American, anti-Canadian, anti-UK ideas. We need to put a stop to this now. Can you imagine where we're going to be in a few years from now? We're going to have a completely different government who completely throws Israel out on their own and starts supporting Hamas and Iran and all of the terrorist groups that they support? Are we going to start funding them? Because unfortunately, the university education system has taught our young people who will be leaders in the future that Iran is apparently the greatest place in the world, the place that hangs gay people and kills women for not covering their hair. This is going to be something that our future generations and our future leaders are somehow going to aspire to. Apparently, these countries who fund our education system are going to teach our students that that's the way to live your life. And the United States, Canada, and the entire West is going to unfortunately be destroyed because these somewhat smart countries with tons and tons of money have found that there's a loophole in the education system. Just pay your way in and you can essentially teach the Americans anything you want. The Soviet Union once had a saying called useful idiots. The idea of teaching a person to go against their own best interests is a useful idiot. And unfortunately, it seems like these countries have stumbled upon teaching the entire United States university system how to be useful idiots. And they are buying these useful idiots at a pretty hefty price. And we are allowing it. This has been another episode of the Jewish Diaspora Report. Don't forget to check us out on social media at jdr.podcast and check out some of our other episodes on your favorite podcast source. We'll see you next time.